You're listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and beyond, with your host, Greg Brenda. All right, we're live now, Dad. Are you going to say anything? <laughs> we're Skyping. <laughs> yes. So it's Father's Day. So I'm bringing on my father on his own podcast. Actually, you're bringing me on your podcast, really. It is the Dean's dissertation, correct? Yes, but I am your lead producer. So since it's Father's Day, let's talk about, you know, some of our great pastimes together and maybe some of the pastimes that you had with your dad and going to some sporting events. Well, my dad took me to my first baseball game in uh, July of 1962. Uh, when it was a Friday night. Um, I'll always remember that. They were playing the uh, Minnesota Twins, and uh, they lost that game uh, by a run, and I cried. And ironically, the first baseman that night uh, was Tito Francona, the father of Terry Francona. And uh, it was just so cool because I always wanted to go to an Indians game. I think about a year before I started listening to Indians games on the radio and I, and I really wanted to go. And so, uh, my dad got me, uh, got us tickets to this Friday night game. I think it was July 22nd or 23rd, 1962. And, um, the most amazing thing is when he walked into that old stadium, he just, first of all, the outside of it was huge. And when you're a little kid, it's just, it's, it makes it even bigger. And then when you walked up the ramp to the to the, your seat and you saw how big the field was and how green it was, it was just startling. It really was. Um, and I'm not sure why, because, you know, I'd been to the park and saw, you know, um, baseball diamonds at various parks. And it just didn't really um, it just really didn't have the effect that walking into a, a big ballpark, a stadium that was that big at the time and and just the playing field i was like in awe because i was just used to playing on a dirt field you know at a, at a local park or in my backyard which now when you when i look at it was about i don't know 15 feet 20 feet from the garage to the house and i thought that was like forever uh but then when you walked into a a real baseball stadium and, and just saw the, the, the outfield, how big it was in the infield. It was like, I mean, it was one of the coolest experiences ever, uh, especially the first time uh, walking into a, a major league baseball stadium. So I'll always remember that. So would and you, I remember, well, qu- quick question. So after that experience, how often would you go to baseball games with grandpa? Uh, we would go a couple of times during the summer when I was real little. He liked watching the Yankees play, so we would always we would always go on a Saturday afternoon, uh, and we would always sit in the bleachers because I think it was the cheapest. <laughs> so why did he um, like watching the Yankees so much? Because they were the best team. They were always the best team, mm-hmm. and they had Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris and Yogi Berra and all the big name players. So Grandpa just liked watching the Yankees. So we would go. Uh, on Saturday afternoon a couple of times during the summer. And then uh, starting in fourth grade, um, the Cleveland Press, which is now a defunct newspaper, said anybody that got straight A's in the final quarter would get eight pairs of baseball tickets to the to the Indians in the summertime, which I thought was unbelievable. 
I remember so you talking from, about this on your last podcast when it when we were gearing up for summer. You said you were recollecting your childhood days when you would try to get straight A's so you could get this pack of tickets for free. Yeah, absolutely. And I did every year, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, six straight years. Uh, tickets every year, never missed a year, always got straight A's. And now, got to see eight got to see eight games a year for free. Do you think they have so they don't have those types of incentives anymore for children to get good grades, do they? I, you know, I they might have it, but I think it's on a more limited basis. I don't think it's as many games. And I think one of the reasons it was at that many games cuz the stadium could hold 80,000 people. So it was almost it would never be sold out. So, you know, you could always give away a couple of thousand straight A tickets to those games and never feel the effect of it and you know, not everybody would go to those games. And, you know, I think three of those games were in September when nobody would go to the games because the Indians were ne- were literally all the time out of the pennant race. So I remember going to many of those games in September. And as I said, you know, they, they started in June. It was a couple in June, a couple of July, a couple in maybe one in August. And then they, they always had the most in September. You know, they could afford to do that. Well, it's interesting. I just read an article about how in general, the MLB's attendance rate is down, even from last year. I think it's down like 4 or 7%. It was something in that range. And they talked about how this, the price of tickets has not changed. So they're not really making, they're not really providing any incentives for their fan base to come because they're relying on other revenue streams now to, to fund their organizations, such as partnerships and you know, sponsors. However, why wouldn't you want to make it easy for your fan base to come to a game? Well, I mean, I think there's still a, it's the cost of doing business. I still think baseball games are fairly priced. I know people complain, but if you look at what it costs to go see an NBA game or an NFL game, uh, for what the cost of the ticket is and where you see, um, it's, it's, it's vastly greater. Although, although the Browns have been so horrible of late that they literally try to give tickets away. So that's the anomaly of all of that. But in most other NFL cities, uh, it costs a pretty penny to go see a game. And the NBA is extremely expensive, especially if you want to see a good, uh, we have a good seat. And again, in baseball, you're going to pay a, a good price uh, if you want a, a, a good seat. And now they have dynamic pricing, which means that you know, certain teams, it'll cost more during the summer for certain series because they know the attraction and the draw will be better. So those tickets are, are priced a, a little more. I think the reason that baseball is seeing an attendance drop is that the game needs to be fixed a little bit. Number one, it takes too long. Uh, games are running still well over three hours. People really don't want to be there for three hours. And I know the 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 old school baseball fan says, well, I don't care. I mean, that's a baseball game. I, I, I understand that. But we live in a modern era where people want to be done in two and a half hours. It's okay for a three-hour football game because you only see it once a week. But if you're going to two or three, if you have season tickets, mm-hmm. for instance, and you go to a lot of games, that maybe not even all of them. Let's say you go to 60 of the 80, 81 baseball games, and that would be going to a lot of games. Um, you don't want to sit there for three hours every game. The other thing that has really changed, and I don't know how they're going to fix this, is that in this day and age, it's either strike out or hit a home run. I mean, every, the, the, the strikeouts have dramatically increased over the last decade. Hmm. 
because the because the hitters are now going for it. No longer is it. Why no are they going for it, it now? Like, what do you mean they're going for it? Now? Because you know, because they, there's more money in the home run than a base hit. Okay. Before people just wanted to make contact, hit the ball where they're not. Now teams are shifting more to to look at where a player player's tendency is to hit the ball most of the time. And that's creating an advantage for the defense. But most of it is you have these power pitchers. Pitchers are throwing the ball harder. And the batter's now saying, well, if I just, you know, try to get the ball up in the air, I got a better chance of hitting a home run. And that's where the money is down the road. People who hit home runs, knock in runs, have extra base hits, are certainly going to get paid a lot more money than the guys who are just getting singles and doubles or walks or whatever. So, so what so has happened? Yeah. So what has happened is there's so much downtime. There's not action anymore. The pitcher either is going to strike you out, or you're hitting a, a, a long fly ball or a home run. You know the number of ground balls has have, have decreased. The number of short pop ups have decreased because of this new way of doing things in baseball, both from, you know, the power arm pitchers that are now aplenty and the hitter trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark all the time. Now, that being said, have you ever caught a, a home run in the stands? No, I have not. <laughs> have you I've caught not a- caught a foul ball or a home run. Really? No. Okay. That's no. interesting no. considering how many baseball games you've been to. Yeah, but I've sat in the press box a lot. I mean, I've actually gotten the ball that has landed in the press box in front of me or bounced or something. But um, I mean, I've never really, I've never really caught a ball foul, fair, or anything in, in any ballpark ever. When you used to take us to games, what I liked about it was that we got to go sit in the press box come time the seventh inning. So that was my biggest memory. Was probably, I mean, I've been to a lot of baseball games. I've been to a lot of long baseball games. I think I've been to the longest baseball game that they had in um, Jacobs Field. I don't remember. I think it was like 15 innings. That would be up there, absolutely. Yeah. If you get to the 15th or 16th inning, you've been there for a long time. You've been there for five hours plus, and that's a long time to be at a baseball game. Which is why I like going to a game in the third or fourth inning, Dad, because then you're like at the halfway point, and then if it goes later, then you're only staying the normal length of a of nine innings. I know most people right. would disagree with me, but you know, I always like to be there right at the beginning of the game. I don't I know. know. I just, you know, they get to just, you want to be there right when it starts. So you did, you're ready for the flow of the game and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand your point, but you know, I like, I like being there right at the start of the game too. Well, it became a habit for me because when I lived in Chicago, you could, and I lived in Wrigleyville, you could go to a game for like 15 bucks if you waited until the fourth inning. Which was not bad because you still get to no. see half of a game right, at Wrigley right. Field for fifteen dollars. And the scalpers just want to see if they can make any kind of money at all. You know, if they have a ticket, it's you'd rather make fifteen dollars than no dollars. So yeah, yeah, I can understand that a lot. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I think the Indians still do this, and they do it pretty well. They have some really nice fireworks nights, and I will tell you that last from my apartment in Los Angeles, I can see. The Friday night fireworks from Dodger Stadium every Friday night. In That's my, pretty cool. In my bedroom. And last night, the fireworks show was pretty nice, Dad. It, it lasted probably wow. seven minutes, something like that. And it was, yeah. it felt like the 4th of July. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's cool. I always like fireworks. I, um, I, I, I think going back to that first game when they, uh, the Indians, I, um, 
I don't know if they hit a home run in that game, but they it was a Friday night, so there was fireworks after the game. And I remember they used to also raffle off a car. Mm. So not only did they have fireworks, but they, that, that was a long time ago. But I go, wow, this is cool. And then when I was going to a lot more Indians games, and every time an Indian hit a home run and, and the fireworks went off, I go, wow, that's I like that. I've always liked fireworks at at, at ballparks that shoot them off. And I'm glad the Indians have continued that tradition, you know, after they left the old stadium and, and now in progressive field. Yeah, I mean, I think those were my favorite games, too, is going to the Friday night fireworks games. I will say, I think in terms of which games I like going to with you the most, I think Indians is probably my number one. However, I actually haven't been to an Indians game yet this season because I don't really live there, but... I will be going soon, but I do love going to Cavs games. And we did get to go to game six of the Eastern Conference, Eastern Finals. Conference Finals, and that was a pretty sweet game, and we won. And, of course, LeBron showed up in his typical LeBron best basketball player in the world fashion. Maybe we'll win another championship if he decides to say at some point. Well, we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's 50-50 at best. Um, we may have seen the last great run of a Cavaliers franchise for a long time. I know I, I don't think the Cavaliers want to go through if he does leave. Um, they want to go through the four years between the time he left the first time and the time he came back because they the Cavaliers literally won less than 100 games over four years. They averaged about 24 wins a year. Um, that's horrible. And if the franchise sinks to that level with him not being here, the Cavaliers are going to be uh, are going to be very hard pressed to fill that uh, that arena. And they're redoing a hundred. They're spending a hundred and forty million dollars redoing the concourse and the outside and a few things inside. And they won't have. They'll have a lot of people for concerts because they always get people there for concerts, mm-hmm. but they won't get many people there for basketball. We're, we we may be at the crossroads with the Cavaliers. Um, I mean, it's, I don't think it's any surprise that the Cavaliers were beaten by Golden State. I think after that first game, it's not surprising that the Cavaliers were even swept in that series. But now LeBron has the decision to make where he wants to spend the next four years. And that, that'll be the last, I think, really good four years, if it even lasts four years of LeBron's basketball life. And the Cavaliers have to figure out how to stay as good or they, they won't stay as good, but how to be decent and get better. And that's easier said than done. They have to make a lot of really good decisions. Dan Gilbert has to still spend a heck of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They really got to get rid of uh, a lot of the dead weight that is on this team and that's going to take uh, that is going to take some doing it's going to be a very fascinating and interesting summer coming up yes it will dad yes it will but you know i remember those days between good Cavs teams where you know we would be sitting in an arena with about what looked like 500 other people during Probably no, like it would, I mean, they always probably, I mean, it was like over 10,000, but well, it wasn't sure, 20,000. At, at the time, it just looked like 500 yeah. people. It was that time between the Mark Price era and the, you know, start of the LeBron era. Right. I mean, it really started with LeBron in 2000. Yeah. Well, they drafted him in, you know, 2003 and... A couple of years later, it really started to get good. But uh, before that, there were some lean years between the end of the Doherty, Price, and Nance era mm-hmm. and, and the next era. 
And it's really hard to put together a really, really, really good basketball team. There are other teams um, that have good young players. The problem is the Cavaliers are an old team. They don't really have greatness other than LeBron James. So literally, if he does leave, Marielle, he's going to they're going to be starting from scratch again and it could be a very yeah. ugly time it could be a good time i mean i don't know all I, you know as i said earlier they're they're really at the crossroads of what they're going to be or want to be in the next few years like who would be the two top players we could get that would make a difference well, there, there, there really really isn't anybody right now i mean no one is going to trade you a really good player unless they're getting something really valuable in return the problem with the Cavaliers, they don't really have anything valuable to trade other than Kevin Love and the eighth pick in the coming draft, which comes up in a, in a few days. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing of value the Cavaliers trade have, have to trade. All their other players basically stink. J.R. Smith needs to go. Jordan Clarkson was a, was horrible. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Corver couldn't get a shot off in the finals. He's 37 years old. Yeah, which Larry I Nance didn't a, realize. You know, Larry Nance Jr. is a nice player. He will never be as good as his old man, ever. Um, Rodney Hood had a mental collapse and then had a good game. Um, there's a lot of dead wood on this Cavaliers team. They just, they, I mean, literally the franchise needs to be gutted. And how they end up doing it, we'll see. Let's get rid of Tristan and send him to L.A. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland. There's another one. I mean, is he's okay. I mean, you 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 need some decent players, but you need great players. And until the Cavaliers get those great young players again, it's going to be hard pressed to be even competitive. I mean, they I mean, were we'll look all at, we'll yeah. look at twenty five to thirty win seasons, and they won't make the playoffs, and they'll be god awful. The best games that they had this year were when Tristan and Kevin Love were really getting the rebounds, even when they weren't getting their shots in. They were helping their shots in on a second chance, and I, you would see that some games, and then other games you wouldn't see it at all. Or you would see yeah, it well, they were they were basically they were basically inconsistent all year long. They were worse in the postseason. How, I'm honest to God, how they even got to the finals really is a mere miracle because they they honestly should have lost to Indiana in the first round. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I know. Um, so the inconsistent the inconsistency raised its ugly head literally every night that the Cavaliers played. Honestly, as as great as that playoff run was. Um, I'm glad I don't have to watch this team anymore because it was about as frustrating watching that team as anything. You are getting frustrated. And I've seen him get frustrated. And he was getting frustrated, especially after game one. I mean, when JR forgot the score, that that loss hurt harder than... That may be one of the toughest losses in Cleveland yeah. sports history. Yeah, I don't remember the, drive, the last the time fumble, I felt the, that upset. You know, the what extra you, innings against the Cubs. I mean, this was horrible. What would you call that? Like, if you had to coin it something. The brain fart. <laughs> the brain fart. Actually, that works. I like that. You know <laughs> what? I do have one good... I have a Cavs memory that I wanted to recollect with you. My, my fa- one of my favorite memories I had with my dad going to a Cavs game, I think it was in 1993, uh, the Cavs were playing the Phoenix Suns, and back then Charles Barkley was playing for the Phoenix Suns, and I wore a purple turtleneck and tucked into my jeans, and I had this Phoenix Suns hat, was purple with a giant basketball in a sun in it. It was a very ridiculous Yeah, I remember that, hat. yeah. 
And we went to the game, and of course I was still a Cavs fan, but Charles Barkley was my favorite player at the time. So um, I was rooting for the Cavs, yet I was decked up in Phoenix Suns gear. And after the game, uh, you let us walk out at the same time that the players walked to their buses. And we walked past Charles Barkley, and uh, you encouraged me to go up to him, and he was very nice, and he asked me what my name was, and he gave me his autograph. And it was pretty sweet. Sir Charles is a good guy and um, outspoken. Yes. Lost a ton of money gambling, but, you know. <laughs> Loves <laughs> Taco Bell. Loves Taco Bell, right. Yeah. He signed a, you had like a yellow legal pad with you. So he signed a piece of your yellow legal pad paper. So <laughs> there I you still go. have that under my bed. That was there a good, you go. good memory. Another memory I have was, remember on my, I think it was my 16th birthday or my 17th birthday, we went to an Indians game and my birthday's at the end of August. So we got to sit in the Diamond Suite and the Indians were playing, I think the Oakland A's. So we were right next to the Oakland A's dugout. Dugout, right, yeah. And that was a, that was, those are probably the best seats I've ever sat in at a professional sports Yeah, game. that's an interesting angle. I wouldn't want to sit there for every game because you're right, you're actually below ground. But it's, a, it's, cool to, it's cool to watch it from that perspective every once in a while because you're right next to the batter, literally. And we sat next to Dick Goddard. Legendary. Oh, okay. I don't even remember that. You don't remember that, Dad? He was right. He was in the suite with us. Well, we didn't. I talk. don't remember. <laughs> we didn't talk. Oh, that's right. I think he was our weatherman at the time. Yes, but lots of well, good. This was a great pre- Father's Day. This was a great pre-Father's Day podcast with my dad, who's taken me to many, many a sport sporting event in my life who has raised me to be a very loyal Cleveland sports fan, at least a loyal Cavs and Indians fan. Browns I don't care too much about, which, you know, but I, you know, I have a soft spot for them in my heart. I like Browns fans. Well, Mirzy, it's been great. What do you want for Father's Day? I got everything. I don't need anything. You don't want like a delicious dinner at Bruno's Italian restaurant? Well, I got to work on Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, but you could get a gift certificate and then you could use it later on. Yeah, well, that would work. Yeah, I like food gift certificates. Yes, sure. I do. I'll take you out when I'm home in a, in a, in a month, okay? We'll, oh, go, to, we'll okay. go to an yeah. Indians game and then we'll go to Merwin's Wharf or Bruno's. Bruno's. And, yeah. All right. That sounds awesome. Okay. Love you, Dad. That's another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Subscribe to the Dean's Dissertation today.